Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them the tools that are out there to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we have one of our long distance guests. You know, long time listeners to the program know that we've talked with people in Wales, in Australia, in Switzerland, and now we have someone from the UK. So please join me in welcoming Sharon Bolt to our program. Hello, Deb. Great. Well, this is so much fun. And, and you got to love technology that, you know, we can be doing this thousands of miles apart. And it sounds absolutely perfect. Like we were in the same room. It does, isn't it? It's amazing. I love it. And I'm so excited about being on your show. It's going to be so much fun. And, you know, so before we start, I do want to tell folks just a little bit about you. So Sharon Bolt is a publicity expert and founder of Get Free Publicity Today. She has been a business owner and entrepreneur for over 16 years. Sharon's businesses have included complimentary therapies and dog training. And during the last 10 years, she has contributed to more than 50, 40, oh, I gave you a promotion, to more than 40 <laughs> different local and national newspapers, magazines, television, and radio shows. And she has received over $2 million in free publicity and free advertising. She is also the co-author of two highly acclaimed books called Successful Women in Business and Every Entrepreneur's Guide, Running Your Own Business. Sharon was featured as a dog training expert in a BBC documentary and has had a regular slot on BBC Radio since 2008, where she answers the listener's dog dilemmas to name just a few of her media accomplishments. Although she maintains her regular dog training slot on BBC Radio and media commitments, her focus nowadays is on teaching startups, business owners, and entrepreneurs how to build a brand, increase visibility, and generate sales by cleverly using free publicity. Sharon has a free report called How to Write an Attention-Grabbing Press Release that creates win-win situations with the, with the media, and you can download it from her website, which is Get freepublicitytoday.com. So again, Sharon, welcome. Thank you, Deb. So, so excited to be here with you today. I love it. And, you know, I was reading the books. Now, I have to admit, I only read your chapters, but I'm going to go back and read the, the rest of the chapters because it looked like there were such fabulous other co-authors and great information. Yes, they were fantastic, the books, aren't they? As you say, a real good selection of, of women that have done well. Right, you know, and, and lots of good tips and techniques and, and, you know, great advice. So, you know, I highly recommend that, that folks uh, go to Amazon and find those books. Of course, you know, Amazon has everything. <laughs> here, in, here in the States, boy, it really does have everything. You can get stuff within an hour sometimes. Um, but but anyhow, yeah, I digress. See, that's what I, I just gave them, free publicity. <laughs> you did. <laughs> so, you know, let's let's kind of start at the beginning because you were what I'd call an accidental entrepreneur. So what kind of led you into doing this? Yeah, it's interesting, Deb, you should say that because I, I actually do think to myself, you know, I never really grew up as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. When I listen to other entrepreneurs' stories, I don't seem to have the same type of story. Okay. You know, I I grew up and I wasn't looking to 
to own my own business. I wasn't looking to to earn extra money. I think I was more programmed into the way that people normally did things. I didn't realize there were other ways. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was about getting a good job and Mm -hmm. earning some good money and progressing in in the establishment and the firm that you were in and doing well within that. So that's that's what it was. I, I got quickly promoted in the places that I went and I worked for. And I never thought to myself, oh, I hate working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. I just, just wanted to do well. So right. so promotion came easy for me and I just wasn't looking to run my own business. And the funny thing is, Deb, I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was <laughs> until I started going to business seminars mm-hmm. And that was when I started to have my own business. So I didn't even know there was such a word called entrepreneur. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it is very different. Um, but what it was for me, Deb, is that I actually had a health condition mm-hmm. and I'd been healthy all my life, uh, very positive and upbeat and definitely my glass was always half full. And then suddenly I got to, let's see, I was uh I was just, that's right, just on my 29th birthday, it was just mm-hmm. slightly after. I, In fact, I just recently got married and I woke up with pins and needles in my feet, oh. which quickly went to my waist and oh. I went to my doctor's mm-hmm. and she rushed me to hospital. She right. thought I'd had a stroke initially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, it wasn't that. I just had this numbness and pins and needles. Mm-hmm. So they thought I had perhaps MS, multiple right. sclerosis, mm-hmm. and they did various tests. But what it was, I was I was actually dino- diagnosed with something called transverse myelitis, mm-hmm. which literally meant that a, a mysterious uh, virus had attacked my spinal cord mm. and created some inflammation. Mm-hmm. And that's really what happened. So I was, uh, it got to the stage where I could hardly walk and I couldn't walk upstairs. And at one stage I had a walking stick and the consultant had recommended that I take um, anti, let's see, he said anti-epileptic tablets and antidepressant tablets. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. So I thought, well, why? And I said to him, uh, taking those two medications, is that going to make me better? Mm-hmm. And he said, no, but it will suppress your symptoms and the pain. Mm-hmm. And do you know what, Deb, I thought to myself, do you know what? That just doesn't add up to me. Right. Why would I want to do that? And why would I take the medication? Mm-hmm. So I said to him, I, I'm sorry, but thanks, but no thanks. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. So I went out and that was... I. I suppose to a degree, I turned my back on the the, com, the, the normal conventional medicine mm-hmm. and for no other reason than I, it just didn't feel right to me. Mm-hmm. And I knew there would be another way, but I just didn't know what it was. And it just sort of, as things play out, I came across a complementary therapy called kinesiology. Ah. And I was just bowled over by this. A, mm-hmm. a friend had started practicing it and she did some testing on me. Well, I was so enthusiastic about it. I got myself on the next course and mm-hmm. soon I became a kinesio- kinesiologist. Nice. And and down the line, it was because of my just love for for trying to heal people and to help mm-hmm. people and just the miracles that I saw by, by just 
really tuning into people mm-hmm. and using right. this muscle testing to identify what was causing various problems and then mm-hmm. treating it naturally with, with herbs and vitamins mm-hmm. and things like right. that. So that's why I left the corporate world as Mm -hmm. such Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a very good job but because I just that was my passion I Mm -hmm. wanted to help people and I just loved what it was doing right so that's actually how I got into my first business Mm -hmm. well and and it's funny because here in the states complimentary has just a little bit different connotation because in in many cases it means free and that wasn't you know in, in your case, it was in kind of in conjunction with regular treatments. Am I correct in that? Yes. Complementary okay. therapies in the, in the uh, UK is more about natural treatments okay. and natural okay. remedies and, and natural therapies. That'd probably mm-hmm. be a better word for me to use. Okay. Um, so that, uh, yes, it was, it was really about nutrition mm-hmm. and about diagnosing what was going on within right. the, the body system. Mm-hmm. And I, what was the great thing about kinesiology is that you looked to see what was causing a problem. So you weren't treating the symptom, you was right. treating the cause. Right. So that would make the symptom go away. Right. So, well, so, yeah. And just like the pain medicine that you had, had been told to take, all that was going to do was mask the, the yes. condition. And, you know, and, and, of course, your body is saying, ow, ow, ow. For a reason. (laughs) Exactly. And that's why I just didn't. I mean, I had never been into natural healing. I didn't know anything about it. It wasn't that I was at a stage in my life where I thought, well, no, this is the the journey and the route I want to go. I didn't know any different, but it just didn't resonate with me Mm -hmm. to mask the pain when my my body was telling me not to do things because there was inflammation in the body. Mm Mm-hmm. So you started doing this. You left your your corporate America position. I did. um, And you kind of started this own business. So, you know, you had to tell people about it. So I'm guessing that's kind of where this came in with you learned how to do your own marketing. And as many entrepreneurs and small business owners find, you're on a shoestring or limited or zero budget. Yes, that's absolutely right. about what you learned. Well, what I did, Deb, is that I started to what I called the what I I held kinesiology parties and I called them the Tupperware parties of the 2000s. I love it. (laughs) So I would go to a friend or a a customer's house. They would get a group of people around. I would take my therapy couch. I would talk about the complementary therapies or the natural remedies. Mm -hmm. And I would have somebody that would get up on my couch and I would demonstrate straight and then obviously I would say you know if people wanted to book I would offer a discount if they booked on the evening Mm -hmm. and so it was that's how I grew my business it was Mm -hmm. word of mouth I I had no paid advertising Mm -hmm. and at that at that stage I had no PR I didn't know anything about that I didn't know anything about paid advertising Mm -hmm. to be honest with you Deb I didn't know anything about business Mm -hmm. right I really didn't I was never you didn't have to know that when you were and I'm going to say just an employee but but when you were an employee somebody else took care of all of that that's exactly right. So when I went out on my own, it, I was really following my passion. I was following what I loved to do. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I was unhappy in the corporate business right. world. It was just that this had something for me. This mm-hmm. this got me up in the morning where I couldn't wait to get and do what I, I did. And I would see somebody say it. My first client would be at eight o'clock in the morning. 
and they would say to me, oh, I've got to go off to work now. And I think, oh, God, how awful. And then I think to myself, oh, I'm at work myself, aren't I? But I like it. (laughs) Yes. Well, and so your business continued, and obviously it, it did well. Yes. But, you know, and at one point, and, and so I'm, I'm, you know, drawing on what I read in your book or in the, you know, in your chapter in the book, somebody invited you to a networking event. Yes. <laughs> so many people, you know, they, they either love to network or they hate to network or they don't understand what networking is. And you'd never been to a networking event, correct? No, not at all. Not at all. I didn't know anything about it. And I, I'd got this invitation, and it was for a breakfast meeting. It was for the BNI, which I know is a, an American right, company. Right, right. BNI's here. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it was. It's very popular here in the UK too. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard of it, so I'd had this invitation, and I thought to myself, well, it would be nice to go and tell people a little bit more about, you know, the possibilities of natural healing. So I turned up, and it was about. Oh, it's about, I think it was about half past six in the morning. And I thought to myself, well, there can't be too many people there at that time in the morning. And I'll just go and say hello to a few people and that. When I walked into this <laughs> this hotel, Deb, and I my heart just sank because there in front of me was what I call the suited and booted oh, people. Lots of men. Lots of men. It was very male dominant, and there's nothing wrong in that naturally. But I was, I was from a, from I was a female in natural therapies. You wear whites, mm-hmm. so I had this white uniform on, mm-hmm. and then and then I walked in and I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? There's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm mixing here with solicitors and bank managers and website designers. People Not- are kind of hard cold facts people. Absolutely not the spiritual type of person, and um, and I know a lot of people think it's a little bit woo woo, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what on earth have I got myself into here? Mm -hmm. And truthfully, Deb, I did think to myself, I think I might just turn around and go back out again. (laughs) But too late, too late. Somebody spotted me and came running over with a lovely big smile on his face saying, oh, hello, come in, come in. Mm -hmm. And that was it where we, I'm sure many of your listeners will know that what the BNI is about, you have your breakfast Mm -hmm. and then you stand up and you take 60 seconds each to tell the room about your business and what referral you would like. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't. You'd never done that. I'd never done that, and I did, wasn't told about that in advance. Uh oh. So I wasn't prepared. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I was on my own. I didn't go with anybody. I went on my own anyway. Mm-hmm. I was in this very male-dominated place. I think there was about fifty people there, oh. and I would say there was probably about four or five women. Mm-hmm. And then it came to my turn to stand up and speak, and and. Uh, and I did it, and and I did the best I could. Mm-hmm. But it, what was lovely, Deb, is that I saw straight away just, and I did get some referrals actually on mm-hmm. just on that one meeting. But I could see the potential there. Okay. And and when they said, "Did I want to join?" I said, "Yes." So, and you'll laugh about this, and I think you've probably read about this in the book, Deb, because what happened was is that within three months, I was the treasurer. Mm-hmm. 
And then within, I think it was within six months, I was actually the chapter director. Right. So I was the one then standing up. And I I mean, it used to just make me smile because there I am running the meeting now, mm-hmm. uh, putting everything in place. And as I say, there was the bank manager, the website de- developer, all of those those logical thinking people. And we were just getting on just famously. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm guessing that the primary reason for that was they could tell how passionate you were about what you were doing and that you really believed in it. I did. Definitely. Yes. You know, and, and I think that's something that so many people forget, especially if they're having to, to speak publicly, you know, because that's, you know, supposedly one of the greatest fears that people have. And even people who are used to it, there are days where, you know, it's like, Ugh, I don't want to do this today. But when your passion comes through, you can stumble over your words a bit. You can, you know, maybe even not say the right things. But it, again, people are drawn to your passion and your, your positivity maybe is, is a good way to put it too. Yes. And what people used to feed back to me as well is that there was a, there, it brought a, a, a bit of lightness into the otherwise potentially serious atmosphere mm-hmm. ah. because – because there was a lot of, you know, strong male ego mm-hmm. that was there trying to do business, you know, in a hard and fast way. And right. I was there in my white uniform mm-hmm. saying, let's have some fun. Mm-hmm. Let's let's help each other. Mm-hmm. Let's let's have a little game with this and, and you know, and adding some humor and some lightness mm-hmm. into the into the atmosphere and um, I used to every every time that I would hold the meeting I would start out or I'd finish the meeting with a thought for the day mm-hmm. which which people used to love and you know they, it was those bits that people right. said that they liked mm-hmm. well and it really was putting your personality into it and and you know it, sometimes that's difficult and especially for a small business owner or an entrepreneur who maybe they were used to corporate america they never had to get up and speak and you know for whatever reason they became an entrepreneur and then when they're called on they're like oh my gosh um you know i've been to networking events where people have read their 30 second speech or, oh, you know, yes. 60 second and you know and i cringe for them because they know what it is and yes. they're passionate about it but they're afraid of that public speaking part. Exactly. Yes, it does. It creates anxiety and fear in people, doesn't it? it but does. thankfully for me, what I had done is because I'd been in my my therapies that I was practiced in, because I went on to do other things like NLP and mm-hmm. and and just lots of things about confidence building and things like that, mm-hmm. I could draw on those tools that I had. And I, for me, it's always about mindset. Right. You know, it's it's if you can just stay positive and out of what could go wrong, and it's mm-hmm. what I call playing the what if it goes good and well game rather right. than what if it goes wrong game. Mm-hmm. Then there's the you know the world is your oyster. Mm-hmm. Well, and we always have to remember that for the most part. Everybody is there to help everybody else. You know, yes. now, now, obviously, we're self-serving. You know, you're there because you want business. But when we start really thinking, how can I help other people? When there's that outward giving, you find that you get business back. 
Yes, absolutely. Yes, when you because people will automatically want to reciprocate, won't mm-hmm. they? And and people want other people to do well. You know, it's when when you're trying to help others, they want to help you, and it's just a lovely way of doing business. I think. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and and so they understand when you fumble around or you know or you forget your business cards. I always love it when I go to a networking event and they say I forgot my business cards. I'm like, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, but that a lot of times they will say, give me a call. So you know, hmm, it might have been strategic on their part. Um, <laughs> but again, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, it is you know people they they want us to be successful, and I think that's something that you know is is something we need to remember when we're in those situations where we're not as comfortable, you know, and, yes. and, and find that friendly face, talk to those people, you know, all these various things and, and, you know, but maybe practice before you go, you know, granted it would have been nice if somebody told you that you were going to have to do that. But for some people just talking extemporaneous, they're going to do much better than if they rehearse the living daylights out of it. Yes, yes. And I, but I do also think and I tell people this with the, you know, the publicity and speaking on radio, you know, live radio and or mm-hmm. live TV to it is really good to get a friend to interview you in advance. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you, you'll know the type of questions that that your industry will want to know. So you'll you'll know what the report or the journalist is probably going, going to ask you mm-hmm. and give those questions to your friend or family member and get them to interview you. And and what I get people to do is to actually record themselves. Ah. And I know it can be really painful and we're our our own worst Mm self-critics, but it's not, and I say to people, just with a gentle eye, just Mm -hmm. watch back because there might be some ums and ahs or there might be some mannerisms that you do that you weren't aware of. Mm -hmm. And when you see it and once you become aware of it, that's when it disappears. Right, right. Yeah, it's funny. I started my career doing media training. And, you know, and so, of course, we obviously recorded people. And one of the very first things that, that we would do is tell gentlemen, you know, take everything out of your pocket because men typically stand with their hands in their pockets. Yes. And so if they're even in the least bit nervous, the, the coins start to jingle, the keys rattle, you know, all those various things. And they don't even realize they're doing it. Yes. So, you know, that was why we taped them because they would say, I don't do that. I don't do that. Or, you know, we put them in a swivel chair or a chair that, that moved. And so they start rocking. And we're like, do you know that you're yeah. a hobblehead? And they, oh, no, I'm not. And so recording. And, of course, now, you know, everybody's phone can do this. So it's a pretty easy process. Yes. But record it. And, and again, like you said, look at it with a gentle eye. Um, you know, and, and maybe it's that you do say, um, too many times. Or that you, you fidget. And, you know, and we all do it. You know, that's the thing for everybody to remember. Nobody is perfect. You know, we're, and, and again, it depends on the time of day that, you know, all these various things, somebody, you know, you, you put me up there after I've had a little too much coffee and, oh, you know, <laughs> so I've learned. I mean, you know, that is actually one of the things I joke about it, but I don't drink a lot of caffeine before I'm going to a networking event uh-huh. or, you know, an evening event. I don't drink wine. 
um, you know, or, or anything alcoholic. And, and, you know, it's, it's great. That's why people are there to socialize, but I become chatty Kathy. And, you know, and, and, you know, because, and so I just, I have a soda or I have water. So I recognize the fact that, you know, maybe wine is better left for at home if I'm really there to, to network for business. Yes, that's right, isn't it? And and I think people find, for some people, if they're in that that meeting and if they have a, a wine, that might just relax them, perhaps. Right, right. But it I might think, be just what they need. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I think you have. You, we know ourselves, don't we? So, right. so you know, if if we know we're going to be nervous and I'm going to have that wine and then it's going to make me go off into this bizarre person, mm-hmm. then then we we know we have to make that judgment call, don't we? Right. Well, and it also helps to be prepared. You know, why are yes. you going to that networking event? Yes. Um, you know, and, and uh, Deborah Fine is a friend of mine, and, and she's written a great book on, on networking, and, and, she, and she's, she is very much an introvert. So, you know, this is a great book because she's, you know, she really has some great tips, and, and she talks about the fact that you don't have to talk to every person there. You know, set a goal that you're going to talk to five people or two people or even maybe just one um you know and and so and and know why you're there you know are you there to tell them about your upcoming special or are you there just to make a you know a business connection all these various things because the more we plan the more it puts us at ease now of course yes. you know, obviously things happen but you know if you're going and thinking okay there's 50 people in the room but if i only get one referral that's my goal, you know, yes. and, and so things like that. And and then you're not nearly so stressed out as thinking, oh, my gosh, I have to talk to 50 people. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? And I think mm-hmm. this preparation is also key when you're going to do media interviews, mm-hmm. because yeah. that when you turn up, that's what makes you feel nervous in the first place, because you're not prepared. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and, and this is why I like to, to get people to, to be interviewed by their friends and family, mm-hmm. So that you can, so it becomes second nature, really. Right. You know, you know the flow, you know, it comes out of your mouth without you even really thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It helps you relax. So I, I'm a big one in preparation too, Deb. Right. Well, and one of the things we used to tell people was, you know, unless you know it's an expose, you know, and, and granted there are those things that happen on occasion, but they want a good story also. And, and so they have contacted you because they want that information. They know that you're the expert. You've got something that, that they want to talk about. So they want to make it as, as good an interview as possible also. Yes, absolutely. So you did do interviews, but this was kind of the second career that you went into. So tell us about that and how that came about. Well, yes. Well, my second career, so I had the natural healing therapies and I loved that. And then what happened, Deb, is I got two Parson Russell Terriers. They were eight weeks old when we got them boys, (laughs) boys from the same litter. I know I'm talking your language here now, Deb. I know, I know. Gotta love these fur babies. Oh, you know, more than one is like, holy shamoli. Yes, and these were uh, two terriers. And um, anyway, they were cute and eight weeks old. And I brought them home. And me and my husband, we said, right, let's get them into some puppy socialization classes. Mm -hmm. Well, little did I know, Deb, back, back then, was that was really, really popular. Mm-hmm. So they were all full. So I spoke to about seven or eight different dog trainers. Mm-hmm. And when I said to them what I had, terriers, boys from the same litter, eight weeks old, 
they all said to me, oh, my goodness, this is the worst case scenario. Right. They would do whatever they want because they're blood related and they will mm-hmm. fight for the top dog position mm-hmm. whereby you'll probably need to rehome one. And you're thinking, no, not my baby. <laughs> and I, it was, it's so, I can remember it now, Deb. I, I, each one was in my hand. They were that small. Aww. And I literally said out loud, you two are not going anywhere. Right. And I was on a mission. That was it. They were not going anywhere. So I, I one thing I realized, Deb, was that I had to find a different way of dog training because mm-hmm. I'd been told by conventional dog trainers that it was the worst case scenario. Right. So I knew that I had to come up with something different mm-hmm. because otherwise I that what they were telling me was going to be what I was going to experience. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just put it out there and thought, right, I'll just wait and see what unfolds. Mm -hmm. Well, I started to study and research. I went on some courses. I read a lot of books. And most importantly, I watched how they communicated with each other. Ah. And I started to understand that they were talking a language that was nonverbal and Mm -hmm. about body language Mm -hmm. and that they were looking for attributes of a strong leader. So this was like your decisiveness. It's a bit like, you know, that with a with an alpha or a, a top dog, there's no negotiating. Right. This is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm, end mm-hmm. of. And you will do it. Mm-hmm. And you will do it. And that's it. But it's not forcing and it's not shouting and it's not aggressive and it's mm-hmm. not hitting. And that was what it had to be for me. It had to be natural because nat- right. that was my background. Mm-hmm. So this is where I established this this way of doing it mm-hmm. whereby I just found ways to communicate with them and the results I was getting was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then I started to introduce dog training consultations right. to my Because nat- if you could train those two, you could train anybody. I, absolutely. But what I started to do is I I started to offer this to my my already uh, my, my the people that I had. So my okay. my therapy clients who had mm-hmm. dogs mm-hmm. and they had problems with them. And when I started to do consultations with them and their dogs, I was getting good results with them too. Mm-hmm. So it was about I would say uh, I, I think my two were something like five or six months old mm-hmm. and I had been doing all the network and I was starting to become business my I could see things now uh-huh. I was picking things up in the business world uh-huh. like I'd never been before mm-hmm. and I remember I, I went on a course a business course this was and we did a sh- just a small element about PR mm-hmm. and what they said was that the thing is with with journalists, they were looking for experts to give them information, right. and they wanted they wanted people to make their jobs easy. And I thought to myself, "Wow, that that makes sense to me." Mm-hmm. It was very shortly, so it's they were about four or five months old. I was getting all these really good results with my two and with other people's dogs. And then I heard that there was on one of our national radios in the UK here, Radio 2, it was on the Drive Time show, so it was a very popular show. Mm They had said that they were going to get a professional dog training expert on the show next week. And what they mentioned was they would probably get somebody from the TV. Mm -hmm. So I 
thought about this and I thought, you know what, I'm getting some fantastic results. Mm -hmm. I can do that. So what I did, Deb, is I got that and it was just the website address that I had and I sat Mm -hmm. down and I'd realized that I needed to make it, you know, with all the marketing and and PR knowledge that, I mean, which wasn't huge that I'd got, Mm -hmm. but I knew enough to to know that I needed to make it all about them and what I could do for them. Right. And not not about me. It's here, you know, here is what you need and, and want. Yes. And these are the benefits by you having me on your show so Mm -hmm. i i wrote this this email about simply that Mm -hmm. anyway i sent it off and i didn't get anything back Mm -hmm. so then it was a couple of days later on the same show they said they were also going to do a feature on what they called podgy dogs which is overweight dogs right Mm -hmm. well i work natural with natural feeding with my own dogs and i thought Mm -hmm. do you know what i can do that too so there I am again. I sit down on the computer in the subject line. I put podgy dogs. I'm your girl. Oh, I love it. So you got their attention with that headline. That would have definitely on the subject line, wouldn't it? Got their attention. Mm-hmm. So I then I wrote about what I could do for them, why it happened, what I could tell their listeners. I'd be a great guest on their show. Please call me. Mm-hmm. So I got nothing. So that was that was then I think the the. The Thursday on the Friday, I went and did a home consultation about dog training, about mm-hmm. two dogs that were literally eating the house from the inside out oh. when, their, mm-hmm. when their owners were out. They had terrible mm-hmm. separation anxiety. Oh. So I came home and I wrote again about the consultation. Mm-hmm. And I said why it happened and what we did and how we've rectified the problem. Please mm-hmm. call me. You need me on your show. Monday morning, I got a call from the researcher. He naturally did a a little bit of an interview with me. Well, Mm -hmm. I was was on fire. Again, I was really passionate. Mm -hmm. So on the Wednesday, I was in the the studio being interviewed on national radio as a dog training expert because that's what I told them that I am. Mm -hmm. And and that was to over 4 million listeners. Holy cow. Yes. <laughs> but there was a few things to say about that, Deb, because one, I really believed I could do it. Mm-hmm. And okay. and I knew that if I didn't say that I was an expert, then nobody else would. Right. I mean, you're, you're not going to write them and say, well, I might be able to do this. Because they're going to go, nah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I had not been on any media outlet Mm-hmm. So I hadn't been on TV. I hadn't been in, in national newspapers. It was my my first appearance in the media. I never told them that because that would right. make them nervous. Mm-hmm. So I, I just told them that I was the expert. And so that's what they introduced me as. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I turned up. But I, I was very careful about who I told. And this is what right. I say to business I love owners. This idea. Because... That was a fragile time. I was gung-ho. I was going for it. I was positive. Mm-hmm. But I didn't need to speak to too many people telling me, what if it goes wrong? Yeah, you can't do that. You've never done it before. I had no dog training website. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even doing it as a full-time job. I was have, I had a natural healing practice. I didn't have a I dog training mm-hmm. profession. Mm-hmm. But I knew I could make a difference. I believed I could. 
So that was my mindset. I cocooned myself and I didn't tell anybody. I, mm-hmm. In fact, my husband knew and he was really scared. <laughs> so I actually needed to distance myself a little bit from him because he right. he was frightened that mm-hmm. they'd ask me a question. I wouldn't know what to say. or I'd make a fool of myself. Well, he didn't want you to get hurt. No, he didn't. So so anyway, I was going for it anyway, regardless. So, so I, I went and this was the other, the mindset that I had. I'd made these decisions, Deb, that before I went to the studios, I made the decision that I was, was just going to, like I'm talking to you here now, I was going to forget about who might be listening Mm-hmm. And that I was yeah, just. There were really just a couple of people who were there. That's right. There was the producers behind the window, and then I was speaking across the desk to one person. Mm-hmm. So and that's what I was focusing on. I was chatting to somebody as if I was sitting in in my front room at home. That was mm-hmm. my first decision. I also decided that everyone was going to be really nice to me, mm-hmm. and that's and they absolutely were. They went out right. of their way, mm-hmm. and the third thing I decided that it was going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was. And the only time that I I even considered the number of people is when the when the reporter or the researcher walked me out and said, "Oh, Sean, that was really good. Thank you so much for coming." And he mentioned there was over four million people listening. And you thought, "Oh." oh. <laughs> and that was the first time I allowed mm-hmm. myself to go there because that would have been far too frightening right. if I'd have, oh, if I'd have yeah. even gone there. Somebody who's extremely experienced might have freaked out over that. Yes. And as I say, you know, it was national radio. It was my first media thing. But I, you know, don't, what I say to people, don't wait for somebody to say that you're good enough. Mm-hmm. You know that you're good at stuff. And mm-hmm. and I like to tell people the definition of, of an expert from the Oxford English Dictionary. And that is a person who is very knowledgeable about or skillful in a particular area. Right. Now, that doesn't mean to say you've been in business for 10 years or you've had X amount of accolades and certificates or, or letters after your name. This is about making a difference. I saw with my own eyes what difference I was making right. and I was willing to claim that and go for it. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't matter what the subject matter is. I mean, you know, I've had people who have said, oh, but I'm an accountant or I sell insurance or whatever. And it's so boring. And and I say, do you find it boring? And they said, well, no. I mean, on my program several weeks ago, I talked to a tax attorney. Now, I have to admit, I thought, I wonder if this is going to be a good program because I'm talking <laughs> to a tax attorney. He had so much passion wow. that it was like, wow, this is very cool. And and yeah, so it's, it doesn't matter what the subject matter is. If you're passionate about it, it's okay. That's right, because you pass that passion and, and enthusiasm on to the audience, don't you? Mm-hmm. So right. they're, they're, they're taking that in what you're saying, and then you make it a bit sexy. You know, tax mm-hmm. made sexy, isn't it? Because right. of the right. passion that's that, you know, the person is, is talking with. And mm-hmm. that's what it is. When you believe in something, and, and I, I keep reiterating this with people when I speak to them, don't wait for somebody else to tell you because that's what I think a lot of people do. We like mm-hmm. we wait for our, our clients to tell us we're wonderful or our peers or our partners or our family. Right. Just tune into yourself. You know, you know the wisdom that you have mm-hmm. and 
what seems really silly to you, like a silly question to you, and you're sure everybody knows the answer, people mm-hmm. don't. Right, right. Well, and, you know, I tell people that all the time. They'll say, I have a stupid question. I say, first of all, there is no question that's stupid. Yes. And, I, and, and there are no unique questions. So I said, if you're wondering it, somebody else is too. You know, and, and so maybe it's only two people, but maybe it's 200 or 2,000. So it's okay to ask those questions. And, you know, it was funny the other day, somebody actually told me, I'm sorry, I asked you so many stupid questions. I, and I did. I said, okay, none of them are stupid. I said, but they're also making me think. So it's okay. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, and they're not stupid questions, are they? Right, it, right. If somebody doesn't know the answer, then then you as that expert, although you might think, well, doesn't everybody know that? Just mm-hmm. people do not know it. And that's why you're the expert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and again, there's no unique question, you know. And, and so if if one person is wondering it, several people are wondering it. And, yes. you know, maybe it is that, you know, you, you used a bunch of acronyms and they're going, I don't know what that means. Okay, well, learning lesson don't use those acronyms or, you know, and, and, or explain what it is, you know, all those various things. So it, it really is kind of a, a two-way situation where you can learn from them as they're learning from you. Yes, absolutely. And I think when you're going to put yourself on a platform like the media, where you're going to be able to reach a, a lot of people and really grow your business, mm-hmm. you've got to believe in yourself. Right. That's really key here, I think. Well, and, you know, ultimately it comes back to the fact that, you know, I'm not going to pay someone to do something if I don't think they're going to be able to do a good job. And, you know, or if they, you know, they're, you know, what if they told me, well, I'm only halfway through my courses or, you know, all these, well, I'm not going to pay them. You know, why would I want to do that? So I need to have faith in them that they know what they're doing before I'm going to pay them. So the, you know, the converse is true. Nobody's going to pay me unless they know that I know what I'm doing. That's right. You've got to have that confidence, haven't you? And I think people sometimes have to work at that. And one thing that I say to people is to just think about times where you felt confident. So don't make it about public speaking or whatever it is. Just times in your life that you felt confident. And it could be just really silly about, you know, going to going to a family member's house and helping them on the computer or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It could say it could be anything, but times in your life that you felt confident because mm-hmm. I think people that don't feel confident just think they're just not confident people and then they practice not being confident. And what I say mm-hmm. to people is start practice being confident and mm-hmm. feeling. That's the key, the feeling confident. Mm-hmm. And the more you start to practice that, the more that life starts to unfold for you and the more that people will resonate with you. Right. You know, it's funny. I was watching a TV program the other day and, you know, it was just one of these silly dramas and, and it was the, it it, it was one of those police dramas. So, you know, they were trying to find who killed somebody, but you know, as as part of this, they were, uh, one of their suspects was a guy who ran a training course for, bachelors who you know were the nerds the geeks the people who were never going to get the pretty girls and and he ran this training course and one of the things that he told them was right before you go to talk to pretty girl x think of the a situation that made you the most happiest you have ever been in your life 
And he said, because when you walk up to them and you're already smiling because you're thinking about that memory, that smile is such a positive thing. And, you know, and it was funny because it really was. It was one of those stupid, silly police dramas. But I thought, you know what? He's got a point. He has. Thinking about that, you're, you're going, oh, yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, we are drawn to someone's smile. We're drawn to their confidence. Yes. And, you know, maybe he was, you know, maybe, you know, you're thinking about a toy you got or an award you won or, you know, whatever it is. But if you're, if you walk up to somebody and you've already kind of got that wow going on, they're like, ooh, I need to talk to this person. Yes. That's so true, isn't it, though, Deb? And it's, I think it's in all aspects, isn't it? It's like if you're you're chatting up, a, you know, your ideal partner or your mm-hmm. a, a media event or a, a, a seminar you're hosting mm-hmm. or whether it's a, you know, just mixing with other business owners at a networking event. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the, the more positive you go into it, the better it is. And, you know, and uh, I mean, there are times where you're just not on. You know, I've been, I, I like networking. I really enjoy it. But there are times where it's like, I do not want to be here, but I paid my money, so I'm going to go. <laughs> and that shows. Because, of course, the first thing I do is I go find the person I know, or I go find a corner and I'm checking my email. You know, <laughs> all these various things. And so it, it's a, a waste of time. You know, I shouldn't be there at all. Yeah, I mean, the frame of mind is really important, isn't it, I think. And uh, I I really do think, you know, it's something that I personally practice is that I'm putting out the good vibes ahead of me, ready for when I'm going. So Mm -hmm. when I was doing the national radio, I was already putting out what I wanted and how I wanted to come across and how... Mm -hmm how I wanted people to be with me and I wanted it to be fun and, and energetic and I, I also wanted it to flow and it to be easy and to, you know, that type of thing, that positivity that you put out. And I, I personally do my intentions first thing in the morning when I'm walking my two dogs who, by the way, now are, are nearly 13. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and clearly you still have them both. So oh, still have those them. people who told you. Still have both of them. They're the best friends. They're just a joy and a pleasure to have. I just love them. And they're mm-hmm. just, just great dogs. So, But, yeah, when we go out walking, I that's my time. That's the time when I'm doing my positive affirmations and my intentions mm-hmm. for the day. Great. You know, and, and there are clearly people who are shy and who have, you know, problems with this. And so we're not saying, poof, you're, you've just, you know, you, we're going to make this work for you. There are things, you know, I don't know if you have them in the UK. There's a group called Toastmasters here. Oh, yes. teaches you how to do public speaking. Um, uh, one of the things that has, you know, I've, I've, you know, clearly I'm a shy person, so it's not like I, you know, <laughs> but improv classes. I've talked to people who have taken improv classes and, and they said it really made a difference <clears throat> with what they were doing because, you know, part of it was it put them in a different mindset. Yes. You know, they weren't that afraid business person. They were whatever that character was. And, and so then, you know, they were acting, but it also, you know, was, was a way for them to learn how to come out of their shell or, you know, do all those various things. So there's certainly ways for people who are the introverts of the world to, to do this. And again, it, it's, you know, it's be prepared. It's, you know, research the group, find out who, you know, who else might be there, you know, all those various things. Absolutely. Yes. And practice, 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 isn't it? With mm-hmm. friends and family and get used to things like that. From right. my perspective, with the, with the media, you are often like if you're on the radio, you're speaking to one person across the desk. If right. you're doing an interview with a, with a reporter, you're, you're speaking to them on the phone. 
-hmm. and and I've been on TV a number of times and it's just the cameras are way back. You don't even see them. And again, I I mean, if it's a breakfast morning program that I've done a few times, I'm sitting on a couch talking to Mm -hmm. two people. So it's really about keeping out of what who might be watching and what might go wrong. That, to me, Mm -hmm. is the biggest thing for people to get over. You know, and don't do those silly things with imagine them in their underwear. Or, yeah, so you know, many people say that, Deb, don't they? I well, mean, I haven't. You know, of course, then I look out there and, and I start cracking up. Yes. Thinking, Ooh, not somebody I want to see in their underwear or, you know, all these various things. But, but yeah, find that person who smiles, Um, you know, and looks like they're enjoying hearing you speak. Yeah. You know, and if there's somebody out there who is just the gruffalump, well, don't look at the gruffalump, you know, and. And they're, maybe they're just a gruffalump. You know, it's not that they don't like what you're saying. You know, who knows what's going on in their life. Find somebody else. And, and now, you know, don't just stare at them. But, you know, it, it is, you know, something to, to keep in mind is find those people who are smiling and smile as you're speaking. You know, all these various uh, body language things. That's right. And the, what I love about the, the media, though, Deb, is that it's not public speaking. It appears right. like it would be, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But it's but not. it is one or two people. It's one or two people. So you're mm-hmm. not looking into a, a face, a sea full of faces at all. Mm-hmm. Because you don't see behind the camera. You just see who you're talking to. And when you, if, I mean, we've all watched TV, haven't we? The breakfast TV programs where people mm-hmm, are being right. interviewed. People, mm-hmm. they, they want their guests to do well. It, it right. reflects mm-hmm. well on them and their viewers. So, mm-hmm. so and, and, you know, the same is for the reporters. They want you to give a good interview. They're on your side. Mm-hmm. So for me, the media interviews is for both introverts and extroverts because it is not public speaking. Right. Well, let's let's really talk more about the media because that is a very important part of what you do. And again, your website is getfreepublicitytoday.com. And you've got this great report there, which people can download. And yes, I downloaded it. <laughs> um, but it... It really talks about public relations, and it's funny because I'm a trained PR person. Trained, you know, I put, and I didn't put that in air quotes. I am a PR person, but you know, it's it's something that you know. I remember somebody said, "Well, you know, there's you know, PR is free, and then there's advertising." Well, no, you know, PR is your time, it's your effort, and and all of these things. And I think that's something people need to keep in mind is, you know, it it is something that has value to it. Now, you're not paying to be interviewed. Um, you know, and, and so, but you've approached them or they have approached you with a story idea. So again, they want it to go well, but you know, for somebody who's never done something like this, how do you go about, you know, getting, getting, you know, somebody's attention to even tell your story? Yeah, it's a good point, isn't it, Deb? And I think this is why it's really important to have a strategy and a, a mm-hmm. formula and a system. Right. And, and I mean, I think I, I've mentioned to you before, haven't I, that what I, I'm creating that formula as we speak, because mm-hmm. it's it really is, as you say, it is your time. And time is money, naturally. So mm-hmm. it, it is, we want our, whatever our efforts are, we want to have some type of reward and results right. from it. So it is important to have a strategy. But I want to give some, some, just some tips for the listeners here, because one of the things that I find is the easiest way, and it's what I, uh, what I've done in my early days, is the best way to get some PR attention is to what's called, it, what's called newsjacking. 
Okay. So you're literally taking what's current in the news mm -hmm. and then hooking a story onto it. So I'll give you right. an example of what I mean. You, well, we all know when Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie split up, right. it, it caused a media frenzy. Mm -hmm. But with it, it opened up huge opportunities for lots of different business owners, sorry, business owners to get lots of free publicity. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you was a parenting expert, you could come up with a story idea such as how to make sure your child doesn't think a divorce is your fault. Right. Or maybe if you're a divorce lawyer at that time, seven steps to getting the best settlement from a divorce and remaining friends. Mm-hmm. Or, of course, we've got the marriage and relationship experts could be something like five sure signs that your marriage is heading for divorce. Right. So that one big story, and it doesn't always have to be as big as that, but mm -hmm. that's just an example, a story that's hit the news. You, as whatever industry you are in, find different ways that you can hook a story onto it that links back to your business. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and one of the things that you talk about in, in your materials is researching and finding the right person to pitch to. Definitely. This is why I think so many people, so many business owners and entrepre entrepreneurs, they think, well, it doesn't work. I've tried it. It doesn't work. But what usually happens is you may have got a database or you've you've gone to a particular website and used a, a generic type of email address and you've sent off. It could be a load of a press release to loads of journalists and you get mm -hmm. nothing back. Right. And so you thought, well, that was a waste. I'm never doing it again. Well, that's right. Now, the great news is I've had an opportunity to interview lots of journalists. I've worked with so many journalists and got inside their head because I think that's mm -hmm. what's important. Once you understand where they're coming from, you can tick their boxes. Right. And their biggest hate that they get is the number of pitches and press releases that they receive on a daily basis from people that they're sending them information that is to is completely irrelevant to what they actually write or right. or talk about. Mm -hmm. So and, and they somehow think, well, you'll forward this to the right person. Uh, no. Yeah, no way, no way. Uh, occasionally, if for some reason they're in a good mood, but they're busy right. people. It's not because they're nasty. They're really nice people right. and they want to help. But, of course, they've got a job to do. Their, mm -hmm. their, their job is not to promote your business. Their job mm -hmm. is to, to give their audience great content and great information mm -hmm. and entertainment. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to tick their boxes and find out who the particular reporter or journalist is that, right. you, that, that writes or talks about your topic. Mm -hmm. That's what you need to research, and this is why you have to have a formula and structure in place. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, and, and then you talk about once you have found them, you connect with them online. You know, they're more than likely they're using Twitter, they're using Facebook, you know, something like that. And so, you know, the first connection with them should not be, hey, I have a story. Exactly. You know, work up to it, folks. You, <laughs> you romance <know>? them. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. Because it's a case of what with the, the key thing to remember with journalists is that you need to build a relationship with them. It's just mm -hmm. like everybody, isn't it? If we have a working relationship or a quite a, a fond relationship with somebody, then then we open up their emails or we listen to what they have to say. 
So this is the same type of perspective is that we need to build a relationship Mm -hmm. and we do that by following them on Twitter and uh, Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn is not so much, I find, with journalists, but Twitter is big time Mm -hmm. with journalists. Of course, it depends on the industry, but yeah, Twitter is is probably the the big one, and then Facebook, and and you know maybe LinkedIn, but yeah, find them there. Yeah, and they wouldn't be there if they didn't want you to find them. Hello, that's right. And they very often, particularly on Twitter, they will put on you know a certain interview they've done or a report mm-hmm. that they've written, or and then then obviously follow the link, have a look, re- listen mm-hmm. to it if it's an interview or. Or, or if it's an article, read the article and then add a nice comment, put a like, maybe share it. And right. so that if, I mean, we're not stalking them and it's not that type of thing. Right, right. because it is a public website, you know, yes. all those various things. Mm-hmm. But we're going to start, you know, on a regular basis, we're going to start doing the communication so they get to know your name. So that mm-hmm. when you, and I never recommend that you pitch on on social media. Right. But you don't ask somebody to marry you on the first date. That's exactly usually. it, Deb, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. So we don't want to, we have to, you know, we have to build that relationship. And then when you've done that, so they're getting to know who you are, when it then comes time where you've got the great story idea, that's when you find their email address and then you then send the, the, the story idea to them. And because they recognize your name, they're, gonna, they're much more likely going to read what you have to say. Right, right. And, you know, just as you did, sometimes it's going to take several times before you catch their attention. But the cool thing is then they're going, ooh, well, she contacted me several times. Maybe she is an expert. Yes, absolutely. You do have to have that tenacity because mm-hmm. it and, – and what I say to people, Deb, is don't take it personally because right. if they don't respond, it's not necessary because they're not interested. They are busy people. Right, right. So you've got to keep going. And, I mm-hmm. mean, again, you're not going to be a nuisance. The thing is with the, the Radio 2 that I was telling you about, it was current. They were mm-hmm. they announced they were looking for somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was a match for them. So mm-hmm. I I followed up three times in quick succession because it was happening the following week. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was basically saying to him, Don't worry about trying to find somebody off the TV. I'm mm-hmm. your person. Right. I mean, you know, this is easy. All you've got to do is ring me and I'll be there. I made it very, very easy for them, and I gave them right. lots of information about how I could benefit their audience. Mm-hmm. So I was ticking their boxes. I hadn't built a relationship ahead of time with them, but because of the time factor and because of their needs, I was a good match for them. Mm-hmm. And you did enough research so that you knew exactly what they wanted. Yes. I mean, I knew what they were looking for. That I knew mm-hmm. the topics that they were going to cover on the, on that particular show. So when mm-hmm. I was sending my pitch, I could talk about that specifically and how I was the right person for the job. So you're right. absolutely right, Debbie. You have to research. It's so crucial that you research what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Sharon, we're at the top of the hour. Oh, wow. I know. Isn't that wild? And But this actually is a great segue because we didn't talk a lot about how to get free publicity. So that means they have to go to your website, which is getfreepublicitytoday.com and sign up to, or not even sign up, just you know, give their, your email address to get the, your free report. Again, free, free, folks. 
how to write an attention-grabbing press release that creates win-win situations with the media and tons of information. You know, it, it's great information. So, Sharon, how else do they find and connect with you online? Well, that's the best way, but I've also got a, a YouTube channel. There is lots and lots of videos there free for, for people to just go. If they just go to my Get Free Publicity Today YouTube track channel, I'm also on Facebook under Get Free Publicity Today. And so, so yes, and, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. So, any one of those, but mainly the website is the best place because that's where people can as you say sign up for the free report and then they they get to, they can get re regular contact from me perfect you know and, and again i signed up for it i'm a pr person and it's great information folks so sharon this has been a delight especially because we're thousands of miles apart who knows we might actually meet in person someday oh That'd i hope so that would be really <laughs> fun right right so, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll have you on again because you've got such great information. Like I said, we just started this conversation. So um, we will have you on again. And, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. That's lovely, Deb. I've so enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your show. Great. Well, thank you very much. And to everyone out there, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.